Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, of course, uh, the uh, the our, our legal system in South Africa continues to be a little bit of a problem, and uh, we've been following the story of Oscar Pistorius and uh, whether he should be eligible for parole or not. The, the a very very strange again set of circumstances that seems to have either things have been been. Um, Totally mishandled people not uh, not filing documents, claiming that they were sick. What a crazy, crazy, and unprofessional view we have, and uh, we would we we seem to be getting of the state. Let's get a professional or a a more um, informed view of this. Karen Morn is a legal journalist and, and, and uh, analyst at News 24. Karen, welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. How are you? Oh, no, I'm good. Thanks, Lars. I appreciate you having me. Do you, do you often sort of just shake your head at this and say, seriously, guys, can't you get it together? Well, I mean, the, the, the reality of the Oscar Pistorius murder trial, as you well know, was, was covered around the world. And it was of huge global interest for a number of different reasons. Um, obviously, you know, huge and tragic loss for, for River Steenkamp's parents. Um, and I think what is so unfortunate in, in this whole matter is that her mother, June, came up to Pretoria in March this year mm-hmm. for this parole hearing only to be told that no the parole the parole hearing isn't um happening because the chairperson of the the parole board had written to the supreme court of appeal about when in fact Oscar Pistorius's sentence had come into effect after multiple apparently contradictory court orders from that court and then got these letters saying no that these orders were not in effect and that in fact he would only be eligible for parole in, in August 2024 because his sentence had only come into effect when, you know, the, the SCA overturned the six-year murder sentence that he got from the High Court. And of course, we now know, I mean, it is a very complicated story. I don't think we've ever seen a case like that where you had not only the culpable homicide getting challenged and successfully so mm, by the state, mm. but then the six-year sentence also getting successfully challenged. So you had multiple, you know, there were multiple timelines. He served um, a year, seven months, I think, uh, for the culpable homicide. He had started serving his murder sentence in, in July. But the effect of what the SCA said in, in, uh, in July 2016, but the effect of what the SCA said effectively sort of took out all the period that he had served, he was serving um, for the murder sentence, and essentially, he argued imposed a 16-year, four-month sentence mm, on him. Mm. And we now know that after protracted, you know, delays and various other things, that the Correctional Services Department has said, "Yeah, no, we we believe that that is the case." That he yeah, I see that you 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 become you, eligible. Yeah, for, you updated the story. Mark. You updated the story a few hours ago, saying yes, in fact, now they're acknowledging that he yeah. is due. It, it, it's just a. Yes. It, 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 Which is a it's, sorry, carry on. Yeah, I, I, I just never. You know, the thing is, is that we all have strong opinions about these kind of crimes, but a system needs to be administratively fair, 
And, you know, the, the principle of equality before the law, people will say, oh, well, someone is well-resourced, they have lawyers, etc., 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 but it needs to be fair. You can't... Well, I was just going to say that because I'm, I'm reading my SMS line and yeah. I'm getting so many messages saying, no, he, he mustn't and he must stay in and he must do the time. I, that, that's a view. I get it. I'm, I'm not, we, we're not even talk, we're not talking yeah. about whether he should um, actually be allowed to, to go free or to, to be allowed parole. We're talking about a legal um, process that has to be Clear and acknowledged and followed. So we're not saying that this, this just is making him, allowing him to be eligible so that they can start that process. It yeah. isn't saying whether he should or shouldn't, but you, we've got to have a system of rules. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that the only basis on which he was refused parole last time was that he wasn't eligible. Uh, he right. had met all the other parameters. He, the psychologist, the social worker, the head of his prison, sports person, everyone came out and gave reports and said, you know, he's they're favorable, they supported it. Um, obviously, you know, Revis Fienkamp's parents, Barry, was very outspoken and tragically passed, passed away, away yeah. last week while all of this was going on. Wow. Um, you know, he, he was very much of the view that Oscar had not told him the tr- truth about what happened in the early hours of Valentine's Day 2013. Uh, and, you know, obviously June had, had come to Pretoria to give her viewpoints on that and to say that they did not, they believe that he should serve that full term behind bars. But the reality of the South African correctional services system is that under those provisions of the Criminal Procedure Act, when you have served half your sentence, um, under the section that he was sentenced on, you do become eligible for parole. And, you know, you can be released. And many, many, many people are. That's how the system works. Um, people may have arguments about whether that's appropriate not, or not, um, you know. But in the end of the day, the system has to be applied equally to everyone. And it has to be appri- applied in an administratively fair way. And if it isn't, then that's a problem. What I find quite disturbing, and you alluded to it earlier, is that there was this incredible amount of global attention given to this case. It mm. uh, it really did take the world, it captured the world Im- is world's imagination, and yet somehow you would have thought that the department would have given it the time, focus, and maybe respect that the case deserved, and I don't mean just because of who he is, but because it was such a public case, and it showcases the department so clearly. Because if it's if it's doing this in mm. a case where everybody's watching, what's happening on the cases that we aren't seeing? Well, I mean that's that is the point. I mean, Oscar Pistorius had um, legal resources and could go to the constitutional court and could say. Please, in the light of the fact that these multiple different orders were issued by the Supreme Court of Appeal in regard to when my sentence actually came into effect, um, can the Constitutional Court intervene and clarify what's going on here? And I think it says a lot that the apex court of this country responded to that and and wrote Mm. and said, you know, to all the respondents in this case, we want to understand what the legal status is of these orders that were issued about when the sentence was antedated to and what the legal status of the letters that so-called recanted them are 
um, and this remarkable admission from the head of the parole authorities at Abdurrahman Law Prison that no, no, we know that um, those court, the court order uh, that his, his sentence came into effect when he started serving that first murder sentence of six months is in effect and was not recanted by any court and stands, you know, is, is effectively stands, you know, this remarkable submission. But by the way. When we got a letter from the SEA, we then postponed this uh, process until August, despite the world, the world media and everyone else, and June, June, and June coming all the way up from Kabecha for that hearing. Which is incredible, because and so I, much just, of this parole know, is about the family. It's remarkable. Mm. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's, they also, I remember speaking to their lawyer, Tanya Kun, mm. You know, they they were messed up. There were so many mixed messages about when the parole actually he was eligible for consideration. There was a previous court case that he withdrew. It's been a total mess. And I just wonder if someone had just gone and said, okay, let's look at what's happened here. We know there's multiple court rulings. We know this is a difficult thing. But when does he, in fact, become eligible? Let's make sure we know our story so that the people involved in this very tragic process are like put in a position that they know what's happening and what should, you know, what is obviously going to be a, a horrific experience for them is going to be dealt with as calmly and as predictably as mm, possible. Mm. And that hasn't happened. Very it's been an absolute mess. Shocking. from one disaster to another. So what is likely to happen now? Now the department has acknowledged that he is in fact eligible. Now it, we, it, the whole process starts again. Is that right? Well, what I suspect will happen is the Constitutional Court is going to make um, orders in regard to this matter, and they're going to say, look, his, his murder sentence was antedated, should have been, you know, the, the order that the SCA granted in, I think it was January 2021, saying right. that his murder sentence was antedated to the, the six, that is in effect, which means he has served half of his sentence and he can be considered for parole. And then that parole uh, process will follow. But I think it would be, I mean, I have to be honest with you, I'd be very surprised if, if he did not qualify, was not released from parole, given the overwhelming positive right. support. Uh, report, I mean, obviously, students hmm. Camp will make, I think, will, uh, will want to make inputs on this. I mean, she's just recently suffered the very tragic loss, loss of her hmm. husband, and she feels very strongly. But... That, that input can't vet you the process. But I will say this, Howard. I mean, I said it yesterday. One of the most, like, I think one of the most really deeply jarring aspects of this whole thing is that when one compares this, and it's, it's a completely different criminal process, mm, et cetera, mm. et cetera. But when one looks at the process that was followed with the former president. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. system mm. coming into a force very like literally signed off three days before right and he goes in and out of the this revolving door absolutely absolutely and, it's, I, and i, I yeah. said yesterday, the only time you ever see any efficiency from the anc government is when they're ma maneuvering to protect their own people and you know it's just it's like the rest of us you know whoever you are whether you ask for stories or you're ordinary person who you know in jail for culpable homicide whatever you know whatever you are you have the right to have the process dealt with in an administratively fair and effective and efficient way. And unfortunately, the only piece of people who seem to get any efficiency from this government are, you know, its former ANC leadership or the people that they're trying to protect. And that's not good enough.
You are absolutely right. I was thinking the same thing, that suddenly the, the, the prisons were, what, too full, so uh, everybody is released, but, or the right person is released. It's, uh, it's an absurdity, unfortunately, that we live with. We do need to leave it there. Karen Morn, thank you, as always, a legal journalist and analyst for News at 24701. Good morning.